Hello and welcome to the Green Pole podcast. Tonight we will be reviewing another impressive win for Fulham against Southampton yesterday. Tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Harry End podcast, Green Pole podcast regular Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, uh, glad to get the, the three points yesterday. Um, nursing a little sore head after last night, you know, New Year's Eve. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, looking looking forward to getting, yeah, talking talking about yesterday's game. Yeah, definitely. Happy New Year to all the um, Green Pole podcast listeners, um, and also Happy New Year to Alan, who sadly can't be with us tonight. Um, so we've got some big shoes to fill. Um, also, thanks to Dan and um, his guests, such as Frankie for filling in for the Green Pole podcast over the festive break. Um, some excellent episodes they have recorded. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. The Southampton game. Uh, what is your your overall reaction um, of a pretty pretty impressive win um, for Fulham? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a, a different type of win to the one against Palace. I think, yeah, we showed... We didn't, we didn't play uh, as good as we did against Palace, but um, we showed... Uh, a grit and a steeliness about us to to grind out a, a result yesterday. I think um, Southampton came with a point to prove. I think uh, Dan mentioned it on the last pod that he thought it'd be a KG game. They can't be um, as bad as they were against Brighton, and and um, yeah, I think I, I think we showed a different side to us. I think we're going to have to show that if we want to continue to be in the, the higher echelons of the league. Um, yeah, it was a good. It was a very good, satisfying result in the end. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, it was never going to be an easy game, easy as easy as easy as the um, Palace game, and um, as you said, um, definitely managed to grind out a pretty scrappy win. Um, but we take them, um, and that's what the highest quality Premier League sides do. Um, they take the three points, even in under the um, the most pressure, which I think we did perfectly. Um, Scored two goals. One, obviously, a deflected effort from Andreas. What did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, we're we're good with set pieces now, aren't we? I think um, mm. I think we try different things every game. Um, I think Marco and his team work on it uh, before we play certain teams. You know, are they vulnerable from set pieces? Can we can we do something from set pieces? And uh, again, yesterday, both the goals came from set pieces. I think we tried it a few times this season with Pereira on the edge of the box and he's just not caught it right. Mm. Um, uh, yesterday, I think, you know, he scuffed it a bit, but if you don't take the shot, then you don't get that deflection. It doesn't fly in the net. So, yeah, long may it continue. And, you know, us being a threat of set pieces is obviously going to nick us a few points here, there and everywhere. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, many thanks to James Lord Prowse for his, um, his thankful effort, which landed in the back of the net. Um, but he he did of course score his um, beautiful free kick as well. Um, credit oh, he's so good. I know. So um, good. Even from the perspective of a Fulham fan, you just got to give him credit at this point. Um, it was a beautiful free kick. No what? No no chance. Leno was unfortunately not going to stop that. Um, but that's the way it goes, really. Um, when you have a free kick with someone of that quality, they're obviously going to bury their shot. Um, but of course, we did win it late on with. Um, our midfield mastermind of João Polina, um thumping it in at the back post in the 88th minute. What did you make of that, Tom? Yeah, I I'm running out of superlatives for for a player who's just, you know, he's just, well, he's world-class. 
And, and you know, as a Fulham fan, to say you've got a world-class player in the centre of your midfield, it's um, it's amazing to say that. A lot, you know, hopefully he'll he'll still be here next season. I believe he will, yeah. uh, as long as Marco Silva is still hanging around. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of credit goes to Tete for the flick on because I, I think that flick on just caused absolute chaos in the Southampton box. Um, and yeah, Palinia pops up and buries the header and then that you know that, that knee slide is you know what everyone wants to see absolutely the knee slides yesterday were certainly quite immaculate um amid the um the slippery conditions on the on the turf but um i think i think fulham are now kind of due a um a moment in the last kind of minutes um to win a game don't you think especially after our um unfortunate losses to both sides of manchester um late on i think i think it's now it's now in our favor a little bit don't you think yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think um, luck is luck is the word, really. I mean, against Man City and Man United, we 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 just didn't have that bit of luck. Um, and also, I think maybe having our strongest eleven on the pitch, uh, if Kenny Tete is the one against Bobby Reed uh, instead of Bobby Reed against Garnacho mm. uh, against Man United, maybe we come away with that point. But um, yeah, we we're, we're definitely. Deserved a deserved a bit of luck at the end of the game. We we, we dug in. We rode rode Southampton's, um, uh, you know Southampton were the better side probably in the second half, especially after they got their goal. And I think Tom Kearney coming on kind of swayed it back in our favour for that last you know push to try and get the winner. Yeah. Uh, and I think in the end, deservedly so as well. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Kenny's been um, a very good impact sub, I think, over the last couple of games. He's really um, he's reassured the team when they've um, when they've been at that stage of the game where they're running out of running out of puff, and he's kind of he's come on and he's 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 made an impact, and he's he's always um, he's he's done well. Um, yeah, and uh, you know it, it was his it was his ball over the top, um, that looping ball over the top that that what ultimately won us the penalty it caused absolute chaos for for Lianku, I think mm-hmm. it was the, the yeah. Southampton centre half. Uh Dan James running behind him. And yeah, it was it was Kenny's ball over the top that caused that. So he obviously yeah. he's aware that he's got Dan James has got the pace. If he can hang the ball up a bit, he knows James is going to be able to reach it. So mm. yeah, that's 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 the quality that Tom Kenny possesses. Yeah, definitely. We've seen it time and time again. I think he's really doing it now that he's injury free, I think he's really really up to it in the Premier League, which is brilliant. Just on the penalty there, obviously Dan James got sandwiched together in a quite bizarre and quite funny situation for the Southampton back line. Um, Mm -hmm. Mitrovic, unfortunately, did have his penalty saved. Um, What did you make of the penalty? And ultimately, do you think Mitrovic should should hand his penalty duty over to another teammate? Or what, what do you think of what do you think will be happening? I mean, first of all, Dan James has done well to run in behind and and cause chaos to win the penalty. And I think, you know, he's been getting pelters on social media because he didn't have the best cameo, which he didn't. And I'm sure he'll be the first to admit it, but he runs his socks off. He's, you know, he's quick and he knows he's quick. So he can get back and double up on the attackers when, you know, Kenny Tete's in a, in a bit of trouble or, you know, vice versa. Uh, someone inside, you know, he does run a lot. If you watch him, um, but in, on the penalty, you try and tell Mitrovic he's not taking the penalty. That's that's the issue. 
I think that is the big issue. He is number nine and he wants to take the penalties. Um, and, it, you know, it'd be a brave man to say to, to Mitrovic, he's not taking them anymore. Do I think he should take them? No, I don't. Uh, I think he he tells the keeper where he's going far too often and tells them early as well. You can see yesterday he changed his run up slightly from the last one he took. And it's almost like they were, it sounds silly because he scored so many goals, but it's almost like he didn't seem confident. Um, and he opens his body up and quite clearly tells Bazunu where he's going. Who should take the penalties? Uh, for me, it should be Willian. Mm. I think Willian has proven over the years that he can. he's taken many penalties for Chelsea, for Shakhtar. Um, uh, and I think that he's if he's on the pitch, Willian should take them. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, really. Obviously, someone of that quality um, taking taking penalties, yeah, he does win. He obviously wins them. He obviously scores them. Um, but he has had some unfortunate misses recently. And it does pose the question, because um, overall, I think it was a pretty te- terrible penalty um, that he has taken, especially um, throughout all the ones he's had. I think we've had six so far this season. Um, if I remember from what they what they said in the match today, um, but I personally, I mean, obviously, I think Silver said in his um, in his post match interview that um, he will continue to take penalties, um, which personally I don't have a problem with. Um, but I think if if he does if if the misses do continue, then I think we should be considering other players, for example, Andreas, he scored a great penalty um, during the period where Mitrovic was out injured, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it does yeah. Say, yeah. Andreas and Willian, as you said, a player with yeah, um, yeah. great experience on the pitch, I think it does pose the question whether they should be on penalty duty. So I guess we will see what happens in terms of that. Um, and also, as you said, Dan James, obviously, he won the penalty, he helped win the penalty. So um, I don't really have a problem with him. Maybe not the best performance we've seen from him. And many would call for his loan to be terminated, but I guess we'll see what happens happens there. Um, anyway, and we've already touched on Polina, haven't we? Um, yeah. So the next, we, we've got a, a, quite a few more difficult fixtures coming up, haven't we? We've got Leicester um, away and we've got obviously Hull City in the FA Cup coming up, which will be a good a good run out for our reserves. Um, and then we've got the big clash at home with Chelsea, followed by Newcastle, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's Newcastle away. Yeah, and Newcastle Spurs, and then Spurs. Spurs home. Out of those games, how many points do you see us coming away with? Um, it's, it's a really tough question because I watched both Spurs and Chelsea today and neither of them really filled me with confidence that they were going to beat us. Uh, however, it depends how teams play on the day, who's injured, who's available, uh, tactical decisions. You know, it's the flip of a coin, really, for me. Um, the Chelsea, the Chelsea one—they're struggling away from home. We've got a win over Graham Potter already this season. Is that going to play on his mind a bit? Possibly. Um, I think if we can go to Leicester and pick up a win. Which is is not is not easy, but they are pretty poor from set pieces, and obviously we do have a strength in that area. Can we use that and you know maybe not put in the best performance or you know if they are better than us on the night? Can we use that to get something from that game? 
and come away with with something from that game. Um, and then go into Chelsea, Newcastle and Spurs. Not really, if we drop a few points, it's not really the end of the world because we picked up these points against Palace, Southampton and Leicester. Mm. So for me, I would be happy if we go to Leicester and get a point. I'd be happy with five or six points over the next four Premier League games. Yeah. However, uh, however, I would like us to go and get more, obviously. But I also believe that looking at Spurs and Chelsea, they're both there for the taking. If we go at them, high press, attacking intent, no fear. I do think that they're both there for the taking, to be honest. I absolutely agree with you there. Um, I don't see any of these games coming up as like definite losses, um, especially after the way we've played against big teams already. Um, so I, I could see, I can definitely agree with you in terms of I think we'll give give all of these teams a good a good run for their money, um, especially the ones at the cottage. You know, Chelsea, yeah, Chelsea and, uh, and Spurs both at the cottage, um, and I believe, I believe is it Spurs is a, a night game as well. Is it a Monday night? Yeah, I think, I think so. It's Monday night football, which again, you know, cottage under the lights, Love it. something special could happen. It's a thing of dreams. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see us coming away with at least five or six, maybe if not more points from this month. Um, I think that's me being realistic because I think, obviously, it, we can't expect wins um, because that's that's just in not in full and in not in full blood. Really, we just go anywhere. Um, but I can definitely see us winning against Leicester um, and anything else is a bonus um, because, all, it, as you said, it all, it all depends on form, players and tactics. So we'll have to see that see on the day, really. Um, but hopefully we can we can start 2023 in a positive light um, by continuing our good run of form. Just to note, we are still in seventh after today's results, meaning Chelsea is still below us, which is yep. a good reason to have another drink <laughs> on a Sunday night. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, top of West London. I know, top, to the highest placed club in West London, maybe not in the whole of London, um, but something to celebrate because how often do we see Fulham in seventh? It's really great to see. Um, and if if we're in this position come the end of January, then or or beyond, then we could be um, starting to think about a European tour. But, yeah, well, I think I think that that comes down to, to recruitment this month. If we get the players that that we want in, um, and obviously it's been widely uh, speculated that we want a right back and a central midfielder. So mm. you know that, and it's like I said on the last pod, it's just really good to see us knowing what we want going early to try and get those players um, so yeah hopefully we get the players we need to, to strengthen the depth uh, and then um, and then push hopefully on for, for something special this season maybe even Europa League or, or um, Europa Conference League if if we can keep going with the form we're going yeah definitely I mean Silva certainly knows what he wants um, the signings are coming from him and not just randomly spending money which is also brilliant um, so I guess we'll see what happens. Um, just on Marco, everyone's calling for a, a new contract for him to be signed. Uh, what, what is your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a no-brainer. If you know the, what he's done in in the eighteen months he's been at the club is nothing short of a miracle, really. After after Scott Parker left it the way he did, um, I think 
it's something that you know the Khans need to really be looking at because you saw today Spurs lose again. Um, you saw West Ham aren't doing great. Obviously, I know Fulham are above West Ham, but you know there, there are going to be clubs who are going to look to try and prize him away. And you know, I hope mm. I know Fulham fans aren't going to like hearing that. But when your manager does well, we saw it with Roy Hodgson. When your manager does well, bigger clubs come calling. And for us to push on from where we are at this moment in time and really make something special, I think Tony Khan and, and Shaq Khan need to need to tie Marco down because I think it's a three-year deal and he's 18 months into it now. So if they're waiting until the end of the season, then you know I'm hoping that they're not because I'm, I'm really hoping that they get it done as soon as possible to you know, continue the feel-good factor around the club. Yeah, definitely agree there. He's he's been a revelation for this club um, after Parker left, and it's been really his style of football and his tactics and manage, managing is has been brilliant to see. Um, and we can hope for more of the same if he signs a new deal, which I'm pretty sure he will. Because personally, why would you sign for a big club where you can when your team's in a probably a, a better position to get into European football? Um, but that's yeah. That's my opinion. Um, also, Tim Ream has signed a new deal um, after he's had a pretty redemption, a pretty pretty redempted. Is that even a word? I don't know. <laughs> um, he's been immense for Fulham's defence this, this season so far. He scored a, few, a goal against Palace as well. Brilliant to see. Um, what are your thoughts on Tim getting a um, one-year extended extension on his contract? Well, I said on the last pod that, you know, it's... It's just fantastic what he's done. Um, this last this this last year since Marco came in, he's just been a revelation to the, to the team, not just on the field but off the field as well. His his social media is, is blowing up. You know, people are talking to him. He's he's replying to people. He's doing stuff for charities. He you know he is at the moment he is Mister Fulham, and um, I know he's the age he is. Sadly, uh, Pep Guardiola said that. If he was 10 years younger, he'd be playing for Man City. And, you know, that's that's testament to him. And that's all, all credit to Tim Ream for for continuing to believe in his ability because a lot of us doubted him, including myself uh, at the beginning of this season for the Premier League. But, you know, he's completely proven everyone wrong, um, fully deserved his contract extension. I, was, I thought it was really good of Marco to come out uh, and say that it was him that pushed for it earlier because they were going to wait to the end of the season but Marco himself pushed for Tim Reams to get his deal because he's earned it and um, yeah just you know fantastic servant for the club hopefully um, he continues to do what he's doing goes from strength to strength because you know it's great to see and you know his goal against Palace was a striker's finish you know, it was a great finish and yeah you know, just hope to see more more from him because he's he, yeah he's, he's doing brilliant yeah, definitely. He's definitely getting the backing from the manager, which I think he definitely needs. Because um, obviously, in our previous Premier League seasons, he hasn't been the best. Um, he's had some lower moments, um, but this season he's he's on fire. Um, and I hope he continues to do well, which I think he will, because as you said, he's become a fan favourite and he's enjoying life back in the Premier League with Fulham, which is is brilliant. Um where were we? <laughs> it's been a, quite the year, 2022. Um, so obviously, now we've touched on Saints. I think it's only right that we go back and um, 
review some of the best moments um, from 2022. Um, we've got I've got a little list here of some which I've I've seen the Fulham Twitter fan base. Um, obviously, they they've said they're their best moments. So I'll just go through a little list I've got here, and then obviously get your opinion on them as well because I think some of these are pretty br- properly brilliant. Um, obviously, our three-two win against Brentford um, is a pretty good moment from last year, wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, very good, very good result. Um, obviously, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Kevin and Barbu, and I think he did well in that game. I don't know what's happened since, but obviously we're not there to see it. But um, yeah, I think yeah that that last minute winner for Mitrovic, his trademark bullet header. It was uh, yeah, and obviously. Um, against the bus stop so it's just a, it's a great <laughs> result and and uh, it was a it was a great day for, for Fulham yeah absolutely any excuse to uh, mention Brentford losing um <laughs> obviously our seven our absolutely outrageous seven nil win against Luton um which ultimately won us a trophy and Mitrovic breaking the record um that is obviously on there um a pretty tremendous day uh, at Craven Cottage um another pitch invasion um winning the trophy in proper style and Mitrovic mm-hmm. breaking that record. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, um, on that day? Yeah, it was a, it was an incredible day. Obviously um, everyone was trying to get Mitrovic a ball, I think towards the end of that game, weren't they? From what I remember, mm, yeah. just to give him a chance to score in that goal. And uh, yeah, I think it was a left, left foot shot into the bottom corner in the end. Like, yeah. Uh, very unselfish. And then, Wilson. And then you just see him, fly off into the hammy end and (laughs) take all the cuddles from everybody who was at the front and yeah just the limbs were everywhere and Mm. oh it's fantastic and obviously the the pitch invasion you saw you know Kenny being lifted aloft Marco Silva being thrown up in the air you know so yeah just a brilliant day for for the club and you know hopefully it's the start of, of something fantastic for the club. Absolutely, a very poignant moment in um, in Fulham history. I think towards the end of that game, Mitrovic even himself wanted to break that record. Um, <laughs> if you cast your mind all the way back to almost a year ago, um, back in January, we had a, a pretty insane run of results, winning 7-0 away at Reading and then 6-2 against Bristol City and then again at Birmingham City. Um, pretty insane run of results. Um what was your, uh, if you can remember, all the way back in to January? And I, I think it's, this is just after the restart because obviously there were loads of games that were um, postponed due to COVID. Um, yeah. So this is just, all the way back there. What, 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 what did you make of such an impressive run of um, games? Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was almost surreal, wasn't it? Because I, I mm. think um, was it a seven nil against Reading? Yeah. Um, and then the two two six was it six two or six yeah. three? Uh, two six twos. Two six twos, wasn't it? Yeah, because even I think remember the Bristol City game. I think I went to that one, and I think we went. Did we go two one down, or did they peg us back? I, I can't remember. So, but yeah. I think I think Antoine Semenu pegged us back, and it was mm. like two two one to them or something. But I think we went two two, and then we went on two two. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, we just went on. Uh, I think when the shackles were taken off of that Fulham side, I know I say shackles were taken off, but I say it lightly. I think when we were, you know in our zone there wasn't a championship side that could could cope with us at all and when the boys wanted to step up they could and I you know I think that's shown this season with the players that have come up and stepped up you know that they 
they could have gone on to another level last se- last season and, and probably won more games by that res- by those results. Um, yeah, they they were fantastic. It was a fantastic time, and you know, obviously, just seeing Fulham score goals is is fantastic all the time. So yeah, absolutely, it was, it was properly surreal. How scoring? I think it was like is that nineteen goals in um in three games? Um, yeah, which is properly impressive. Um. <laughs> for any sort of championship side. Um, and as you said, um, just scoring goals for fun, really. Um, our midfield, um, Iniesta, Harrison Reed, finally scored his first goal for Fulham. Um, it came in our 3-2 win away at Nottingham Forest. And then obviously he went on to score a second and went goal mad against Aston Villa. Um, <laughs> what, what have you made of Harrison Reed so far this season and and last year? Feels weird saying last year. Um, altogether, yeah. I mean, he's he's another one. Like I was just saying, he's he's just stepped into the Premier League like he like he's been there for years, and uh, I think that that confidence is bred through through the manager and through the players around him. João Palinha gives him license to, to go forward, and he's shown this season that he does have an eye for goal. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. That 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 tur- when he when he scored that goal against Forest, that when he turned and just ran straight to Marco Silva, that that just epitomised the, the the morale in mm. the team and, uh, and just around the club at the moment. It was fantastic, and obviously the result was a great result against the side that came up with us. And uh, yeah, they you know a lot of Forest fans were on the socials that day saying that they were going to beat us, and so. <laughs> It was nice to, uh, to to have a result like that, and the way we turned that game around, I think, was was just one of the catalysts to to where we are now. Yeah, certainly one of the moments of this season for sure. Um, pretty pretty tremendous comeback that game. Um, but I think Harrison Reed in general, he's been brilliant this season. Um, we know he's Premier League quality, um, and next to Polina, he's he's been immense um, holding our midfield. And I think, as- um, sorry, I think I think him staying injury free as well has been yes, a, a big definitely. part of it. Because last last season he had a couple of knocks that kept him out for a few weeks. But uh, you know, touch wood, this season <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's 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 stayed injury free and yeah, he, he's he's been class. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just on signing Polina is also another moment. Um, of a, a best moment of 2022 of course we we've the, we might as well rename this podcast the Polini appreciation podcast because we <laughs> yeah, we appreciate him every every podcast we've already we already have done this podcast as well but if you could just sum up Polina um in three words um what what would those words be putting you on the spot here um <sighs> World class, Palinia. <laughs> See, that's all I got. He's he's world class. Like like I said at the, at the top top of the the show, you know, it's it's incredible to think Fulham have a player like that. And I, you know, the way that Marco Silva was so inspirational in bringing him to the club, you know, hopefully, hopefully, there's other gems out there that Marco can bring in as well. You know, just shows you that that was the cat catalyst for the turning of the, of the transfers as well. Yeah, you know, this season. Pereira, Palina, you know, players that have all come in, and yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been fantastic the the way the transfers have been done as well since Marco's come in. So yeah, Palina, I think it's seventeen million or something, which I know, you know 
absolute bargain. Yeah. I, can't, I can't see him as long as the big, yeah, as long real as, big money. As long as he stays under the radar like he is at the moment, you know, he's. I saw a match of the day last night, Danny Murphy was singling him out and I was like, no, shush. He doesn't <laughs> exist. What yeah. about Palinia? Keep him away from all the big clubs. He's ours. Um, yeah, he's just, he's, he's just world-class and, you know, I'm just so happy that he's playing for Fulham at the moment and he looks happy. He, he looks like he's enjoying his football and he, he you know, he's, he's on his social media. He, show, he's, he says, you know, he's showing photos of uh, his little boy in, uh, in a Fulham shirt and stuff. So hopefully, He's found a home. Hopefully Fulham, he's now Fulham through and through, which will be brilliant to see. <laughs> um, just finally, another um, best moment of 2022 um, I've seen. It's quite a funny one. Obviously, after our 7-0 victory, we then went on to get pumped 4-0 by Sheffield United. Um, in an away day that was was just pure vibes, really. Um, I think the Fulham faithful that travelled there took, brought inflatables as well, and it was it was all round a good away day. Um, I wasn't there. I'm not sure about you. Were you were you there on that day? No, I wasn't in Sheffield. Yeah. Ah, that's unfortunate. But from what I've heard and what I've seen on on Twitter, it was apparently a very a very good away day, and a poignant well say poignant a very fun and wild day to round off a successful championship season, um, which has been brilliant. Um, Obviously, we have Leicester coming up on Tuesday, so I believe we will um, touch on touch on that and preview that game um, in another podcast soon. Um, but Tom, it's been brilliant to speak with you um, tonight. Obviously, an impressive win against Southampton, and long may it continue into January. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, definitely. I hope so. I hope we can uh, continue the way we've been going, and uh, you know, I. I Hopefully we can get three points on Tuesday. If not, just get something from the game and just keep the points ticking over. Um, yeah, it's been it's been great, great year. Twenty twenty two was great for the club. Hopefully twenty twenty three can be better. Absolutely, um, looking forward to it. Um, plenty to go, plenty to come for Fulham, and hopefully um, a successful successful season in the Premier League. Um, we'll be back with another podcast soon. Hopefully welcoming welcoming Alan back to the gang. Um, as we preview Leicester. Um, But I hope you all have a, a great evening and a great week.